This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Thank you. It's so wonderful to see all of you here today. And Victor, that I don't know if you all knew that, but that was an original song of his. That was just beautiful. And I, what I loved about that song, besides how pretty it was, but the idea that all of those aspects of nature, that's who I am. So when we talk about ourselves as being light seeds, you know, everybody talks about the light. Oh, we are the light, the light. But what does that mean? How, how do you translate that into human form? And if you think about the light, the light of creation, that it's just everywhere, but it doesn't always look like light. But it is light. We're talking about a different dimension. And, and what we're saying is that no matter how it looks, it is light, and we are light. There's a, a story of the burning bush that some of you may remember if you did Bible stuff in your day. But Moses is out wandering and he comes across this flaming bush. Now there's been a lot of scholarship spent in wondering what was that really, that bush, and studying the fauna of the area and trying to determine. And you know, maybe there, maybe there was a literal bush somewhere. I mean, we've seen bushes with red branches and the sun hits them and they seem to be aflame. Maybe there was something like that. But really, when you read the Bible, you want to read it from a mystical point of view because the Jewish people of the time were mystics. And when you read a story like that, there's, that's code for this was a mystical experience that he was having. And so he sees this bush and, and he hears in his inner ear that this is sacred ground. Take off your shoes. Be on this earth, in this place. And what if what it was really saying was, I am the burning bush. Not a God out there, but Moses himself. What if it was a mystical experience of recognizing that I am aflame with the light that we call God. And what if that is true for each one of us? What if we are here to be aflame with the light, to be seeds of light wherever it is that we go? Let yourself imagine that for a moment. If this were Mission Impossible and you just opened the envelope and it said, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to be a seed of light that flames out into the universe. This message is about to be destroyed. <laughs> you, you might forget, but this is what you're here for. Will you accept it? And what would it mean if you accepted it? The idea of being a light seed 
Think for a minute about seeds. The, the children are working on this in the classroom, and so I was gathering seeds. And I was amazed at, you know, there's the story of the mustard seed in the Bible. Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a mustard seed. For those of you who cook, in your spice drawer, you probably have mustard seeds. I don't know if you've ever used them. I sure haven't, but I've had them in my... <laughs> our, our cook over there has used them. You've used them? Okay. Well, so they do have a use. <laughs> but, however, they are teeny, teeny, tiny. And I was amazed that they were larger than some of the other seeds, like the seeds for peppermint or the seeds for sage. But in the story, the mustard seed, evidently, if you plant it, or if you plant it in the Middle East, I don't know if it's universal, but it grows wild. It's a weed for all of those um, weedership folks there. <laughs> it is, it's huge. And so Jesus is using this as a metaphor, this teeny, teeny, tiny seed. The kingdom of heaven is like that. And remember, he's speaking to people who are hoping that the kingdom of heaven is him getting on a horse, leading a charge, and overthrowing the Romans to have a big kingdom like Solomon had. And he's saying, no, no, no. The kingdom of heaven is this teeny tiny seed. And when you plant it in the earth, it grows in amazing ways. So what does it mean to plant yourself in the earth? The earth is dark. And the seed comes apart so that the knowingness of the seed to be a plant can come forth. But the seed itself, once the plant begins, you're not going to find that seed anymore. So who we think we are we have to let go of that idea. We have to let ourselves be taken apart by the darkness, the soil, the earth. Remember, in the Bible, it talked about the order of creation. Now, this was not literal. <laughs> There's two very different stories in the Bible, and neither one of them are literal. But in this one particular story, it begins with, in the beginning was the darkness, the creative void. We all began in the darkness, inside our mother's wombs. It was dark. Darkness is the starting point, not the light. And the Spirit of God moves over the water and says, let there be light. So if we read that from a metaphysical point of view, we find light in the darkness. It comes from the darkness. And what is the darkness? Well, here we could have Solshine burst into song with darkness, darkness, my old friend, but... <laughs> I only thought of it now, so I won't ask them to do that. <laughs> but you will, I, I know, it is possible. But, but the darkness is our shadow. 
It's the stuff that we don't want to look at. The stuff that is hard and messy and smelly even. And we, we don't want to be in the darkness. We want to be in the light and say, yes, it's all so great. But a lot of the time, life is not like that. Mine is not. I know too many of you. I can, I can swear for all, pretty much all of you, unless I haven't met you. And I'll, I'll take a good guess on the rest of you. <laughs> we have experiences in our lives that are really, really hard. And we can go through them and we can claim that we are victims, that this happened to me. But then we, you know, we have to forfeit our power when we do that. It's a little better to say, this happened for me. And even then, that implies that there was an outside agency that was creating that for me. But really, this is what we believe here in unity is this is happening as me. I, the creative life force, am creating a circumstance unconsciously from our personality's point of view. None of us says, let's create something miserable so we can grow. <laughs> And if you, if you do that consciously, please find a therapist. But <laughs> most of us do that very unconsciously. But that's, that's the unfolding. And as we get ourselves into this mess, and then we have the opportunity to examine it, we face our shadow. There's a wonderful story that um, I loved as a kid, I don't know about you, but it's called Peter Pan. And Peter Pan, again, if you think about it from a metaphysical point of view, what was he up to? This whole story gets started because Peter Pan is looking for his shadow. And where is his shadow? It's in the nursery where domestication is happening. There's a mother figure, Wendy, and the children who have a mother figure who tells them stories. And it's warm and it's cozy. Wendy, on the other hand, found his shadow the last time he left it, and she's stored the shadow in a drawer. What's Wendy's shadow? Peter Pan. The wild boy. She's responsible, he's irresponsible. She's warm and cozy, he's out in the wild fighting pirates, befriending Indians. The shadow doesn't mean bad. The shadow means that which is kind of behind us, we can't see it. But it's part of us, just like as we walk through the world with a light shining, there is a shadow behind us. It's part of us. 
I know you've played with shadows when you were kids. All kids do it. It's like, whoa, look at how big that shadow got. And then if I move slightly, it gets smaller. I have some kind of creative control over my shadow. I can examine it or not examine it. In our particular culture, we're not fond of looking at our shadow. Not even a little bit. And as a result, we have a lot that is happening in our culture that is very, very challenging. But we're not going to heal any of it unless we look carefully at our shadow. And it's pretty easy to find our shadows. We just look at whatever it is outside of us that seems to be other or which we don't like. So that big-mouthed person, for example, you can, I was reading in this novel yesterday and she's talking about her husband who took up all the air in the house. Whereas she and her daughter were very quiet. So there's shadow at play there. We come into relationship. You've probably all been in a relationship at some point. Have you noticed that the other person in your relationship doesn't tend to behave and think the way you do? I don't know why, because, you know, we all know the one right way to be, right? And how they missed that memo is just astonishing. <laughs> but, but the truth is, we come into relationship unconsciously from a personality point of view and very consciously from a creator point of view. And we find someone, there are qualities that, oh, we, we picked those, yeah. And then there's the other ones that, no, we, we didn't pick that. But our shadow did. Because it's a part of ourselves that we need to face. It's a part, sometimes it's a part that we need to heal. Sometimes it's a part that we need to own. Now, some of you might be sitting there right now and, say, and wondering how I could get up here and talk. Trust me, it's much harder for me to shut up. But, um, <laughs> but if you're wondering that, it might be because in your shadow is this part of you that can get up and fill in the blank with what you think it is I'm doing. Because not all of you are thinking the same thing. Some of you might be in awe and think, oh my God, look at what she can do. So can you. So can you, if you had the courage. Some of you might be judging. You might think that I'm not serious enough. And maybe lightheartedness is in your shadow. You see what I mean? So it just depends on what you personally are thinking. And not just about me, but about anything. As we look at some of the challenges in our world, 
if we would own our shadow, we might be able to heal our world because we are the creators of the world with our consciousness. So think about how you see the light in others. So one way is when people are being really honest with each other. We had an experience this week where there was some conflict in the community and it was handled so beautifully. It, it required the individuals involved to really speak their truth as they saw it, but then listen to the other person's perspective and to consider what might be in their own shadow. And there was such beautiful healing that came from that. It's really, it's hard work. It's hard work to listen to another, to listen to how they experience you, unless how they experience you is, you know, all so wonderful. But it isn't always. It isn't always. I was, the same novel I was reading, I love reading novels, but um, it was talking about this woman who she had um, gotten divorced a number of years ago. Her, her husband had left her, and there was a whole story about that, that she had been able to demonize him for years for the leaving. And, and as she was listening to a friend of hers talk about her own experience, it occurred to her for the very first time that when their child was born, she had been so excited about the birth of the child that she had put all her energy into that child, and there was nothing left for her husband. And after X number of years of that, I wonder if that is why he left. Not the story she had been telling herself all these years. And it was really shocking to her. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes we're not ready to hear it at the time. And it comes on later. Sometimes there are things that happen in our lives that we really didn't have a choosing for. You know, maybe on a soul level we did it, but I'm, I'm thinking about when somebody dies. I'm looking at Laura, who lost her brothers recently, and that's a terrible, terrible thing that happened for her and for her family. It was sudden. It was harsh. Where's the shadow in that? Perhaps the shadow is a strength that she didn't know that she had, a resilience. Maybe something has happened in your life that has called forth something from you that would not have come about without this circumstance. When we make the mistake of thinking about life as right and wrong, good and evil, we miss out on the nuances of shadows. 
Shadows are not about good and evil. Shadows are the dark earth from which we bring forth a blossom. When we look at the world that we've created, we may feel helpless because the problems are pretty big. But we could also, if we look in our shadow and we say, I did that. I, as the creator in communion with all the rest of you, I had a hand in that, then I have the ability to change something. I just read this morning something absolutely astonishing to me. Ivan Schwinard is his name. He is the head of Patagonia. And he gave away all his profits of his company to the earth. Isn't that amazing? He said, the earth will be the only shareholder in my company. It's a daring move, generous move, a creator move. And perhaps it will inspire others to follow suit. Perhaps it's a harbinger of a new turning that's happening in our world as we get serious. We know that our children are here and they're going to be doing some big things. We've already seen some of the leaders in that generation speaking up. And we have one thing we can do is to create a climate where our children can grow and know they are creators, know that they have power to do something. We get to influence them. But this is, these are all examples of shadow work where by looking at the thing that seems to be wrong and allowing ourselves to be in that and not apart from that, we blossom, we find the light of who we are. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to be light seeds. We're here to recognize that the light is not someplace outside. It is in here. And we are here to grow from the darkness, not to stay in the darkness, but only by Acknowledging the darkness, can we grow and be the light that we are? Now, what Schwinard did was pretty magnificent and global in impact. And not everybody here is going to have the opportunity to make headlines with what you do. And yet, I want you to think about sometime in the past week, just close your eyes for a minute, and think about a time that you saw something, somebody do something that gave you joy.
whatever it was you thought of, you didn't do that. But you experienced joy. Because that's what happens. There, scientifically, there's something called mirror neurons. And so when we see something out there, it comes into our brains, the neurons fire, and it feels as if we experienced it. The brain doesn't distinguish between, oh no, it, that was that person over there. It feels like it happened to us, which is why it's so dangerous to be watching violence. It's very dangerous to be watching violence because our nervous systems process it like the violence is happening to us. But on the other hand, when we watch something inspirational, I, I got lost in the rabbit hole of um, America's Got Talent golden buzzer moments. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I felt so much joy in that. If you don't know golden buzzer moments, they, people get up and perform, and the four panelists give a vote, and if all four vote for them, they go on to the next um, finalist round. But there is also this golden buzzer on there. And any one of the panelists, and also somebody who's up on stage having a role, any of them can just say, short-circuiting this whole thing, bam, you're going on, you're that great. And what the ones that they were showing were so amazing because not only did these people have crazy talent, but they had a story that was so moving. There was one man that was, he was blind, he's like 20. He's blind and he's autistic. And he gets up there and he starts to play the piano and this voice comes out of him that doesn't seem to match his physical body. But it's astonishing. There's a little girl who, she was um, 12, and she was being bullied and asked her mom for a puppet. And two years later, at 12 years old, she has mastered ventriloquism. And not only is she doing this perfectly, but the puppet is singing and singing in this voice that is, how could that come out of a 12-year-old, let alone a puppet? And, <laughs> was, and she's doing this without moving her, her lips at all. It, it was astonishing. There was another young man who had, again, he had been bullied, and he took up the saxophone. And he's playing the saxophone in such a, it was so amazing. So beautiful and so much rhythm. He had the whole audience standing up, dancing to the saxophone. This, that was what he did with the shadow of being bullied. He refused to stay in a place of being a victim. He took it and he made something beautiful from it. He claimed his I am. Each one of us has got a story. And it's up to us whether we remain stuck in it or if we take it 
and make something more. If whatever it is that we're dealing with personally or in the world, we say, this is part of me, and if I claim it, I can rise from it and become what I'm here to be. It's so important that we do this. Our world is depending on each one of us claiming our light and living from it. Making peace with our shadow and growing from it. So this week, remember who you are, a seed of light. Don't be afraid of the darkness. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you all. (laughs) 